Well, hello there, how have you been? I mean, it's funny because I'm probably asking like those four friends who were annoyed enough by my constant, have you listened to my podcast yet? Have you listened to my podcast yet? Have you listened to my podcast yet? But Bob, Ali and Zeke and Amit, I hope you guys are doing fine. Also, if any of you have an idea for an easily marketable greeting for the start of the podcast, just let me know, please. I'm super happy that you guys are listening to my podcast and this is the first episode. If you haven't listened to episode zero where I explain why I'm doing this podcast in the first place, please go ahead and do so before listening to this episode. Well, if you want to hear some waffle all about a quaffle, there's a Quidditch talk for the elite. And if you want to chat plenty about an app 20, we've got D&D, so just take a seat. Roll, beat, repeat. Roll, beat, repeat. Oh man, I love this jingle. Damn, I have a show and a and a jingle. It it literally just dawned on me. I'm a I'm a public figure now, practically a celebrity. By the way, this amazing jingle was written and recorded by Chris Tavner. What? a talented guy. I am so jealous. I have the musical talent of an expired can of beans. Speaking of beans, let's talk about Quidditch. There are no beans in Quidditch, sadly, but there are balls and sticks and more balls and hoops and loads and loads of rules. I promised a systematic approach. Let's see if I can stick to it. Anyway... I summed up the positions in Quidditch in episode 0, but let's go over them one more time. You have chasers who wear white headbands, keepers rocking the green, seekers in yellow, and beaters in black headbands. In case you do not remember or haven't figured it out based on the name of this fucking podcast, I play beater and I look amazing with my headband on. Let's get all the not-so-interesting positions out of the way early. Also... I apologize, my fellow teammates and people who play other positions, but we all know that beaters are the best. So, let's get to beaters as soon as possible. Chasers, they score, they wear white headbands. Keeper, they keep the quaffle from growing through the hoops. They wear green. Seekers, they catch the snitch, get 30 points for their team. Yeah, 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 I know in the books it's 150 points. Let's get to this later. Okay, they wear yellow. And now, finally. (sighs) Okay. The most glorious position of them all. The most beautiful headbands. The most skill. The most self-explanatory, but at the same time, the most complex position. The position voted the most fucking confusing to watch by spectators across time and space. The most violent, which logically means the most satisfying. The beater. A beater is a person who, out of the game, is the sweetest, cutest, cuddliest, funniest goddamn person you'll ever meet. But put them on a pitch. Give them a broom. Give them a bludger. And bam, you've got yourself a savage beast of a player who's out for blood. Or actually bruises. They're out to bruise the hell out of you. Ah, that sweet, sweet moment when you get to take out all of your anger on an innocent victim on the pitch and hit them in the face with a ball. That moment when they're so scared and helpless and they have the look of wounded prey in their eyes. And you draw back 
and then with all your might and force release the ball knowing how much it will sting on their exposed naked skin. I meant to say beaters hit other players with bludgers. Okay. Those players then get a dismount and run to their hoops, touch one of them, and they can get back in the game. As beaters, we basically just cause chaos. Organized chaos, that is. We are like shady politicians. We try to destabilize the opponent while smiling at them and checking that they're okay after a beautifully executed phase beat. Well, I suppose not a shady politician, but like any politician ever. And that politician that just popped into your head when I said that is a prime example of what beaters are like. To be completely honest, we're not as mean or psychotic as I'm making it seem, but we love the thrill of the game, you know, the adrenaline. We get completely consumed by the pitch. We perceive every corner of it and know of every potential threat to us or, more importantly, our teammates. That's another thing. We put our teammates before us, but at the same time, we know that without us, they can't achieve much, so we gotta protect ourselves. This is what a beater's internal battle is all about. We have to think very quickly on our feet and make split-second decisions. We sacrifice ourselves to get our team just inches closer to scoring. At this point, you're probably like, okay, you're done talking about beaters, we wanna, like, know about the rules a bit more. <sighs> okay, if you insist, I'll quickly explain the rule and I will answer some FAQs which will help you understand what the game actually is. There are six players on each team, two beaters, three chasers, and one keeper. The seeker, you're wondering, where are they? Well, they join at the 18 minute mark, one minute after the snitch runner is released. You score by throwing the quaffle through the hoops, which gets your team 10 points, and then catching the snitch. It ends the game, and the team that made the catch gets 30 points. Once again, I know that in the books it's 150, in Muggle Quidditch it's 30, because have you ever tried sprinting around trying to score 15 hoops? It's tough work, because one, we don't fly, and two, we don't fly mentioned again. That was a super quick rundown of the rules. Now on to the FAQs. How does the snitch work? The snitch is a person called the snitch runner who is an impartial member of the referee team. So they don't belong to either team and shouldn't therefore give any advantage to either team. They wear yellow or gold and have a small ball attached to the back of their shorts, which the seeker is trying to get to. What's the deal with the brooms? I've said it before, I'll say it again. Yes, we use brooms. They're actually just plastic sticks that don't look like brooms at all. They serve as a handicap because have you ever tried running with a stick between your legs? If not, pause the podcast right now and grab a broom or a mop or a stick put it between your legs and try to move around. Seriously, go do it now. You need to stretch a bit anyway and you know I'm right. If you're in a public place, you might wanna put doing this off. Just, um, I mean, I'm not gonna discourage you, but it might be a good idea. Done? Have you tried it? Not easy, eh? So effectively, the broom makes it more difficult to run, to catch and to throw. To illustrate it a bit better, imagine basketball. 
did you think of Space Jam? I did. Whenever someone mentions basketball, all I see in my head is Bugs, Daffy, and Lola, and they're cute, in Lola's case, sexy jerseys. Anyway, uh, imagine basketball. You can't just grab the ball and run to the opposite hoop. You get a dribble. That is a form of handicap, and so is a broom. Another purpose that the broom serves is signaling who has been beat. When you get beat out by the beaters, yay! You must get off your broom, you get a dismount, and run to your team's hoops. Touch those, get back on the broom, and you're back in the game! Who can be on a team? Excellent question. I am so glad you asked. The answer is simple, but also complicated. Let me, let me elaborate. Anyone can be on a Quidditch team. Quidditch takes a lot of pride in being quite possibly the most inclusive sport in existence. The teams are mixed when it comes to gender. And by that, my friends, I don't mean that boys and girls play together. By that, I mean that everyone plays together. Girl, boy, non-binary, trans, anyone. Doesn't matter who you identify to be, you're welcome to play. This is the community that will understand you, that will get you. There is even a rule called gender rule, which says that there can never be more than four people of the same gender on the pitch at any given time. Isn't that amazing? One of my really good friends, who also happens to be one of my D&D players, used the they-them pronoun. Uh, hi, hi, Ronnie. Hi, Ronnie. I hope you're listening. They identify as non-binary, and they are such a valuable player. We love them so, so much. So maybe this could be an idea for you if you don't identify as a man or a woman and or are struggling with finding a group that will accept you and love you for you. Quidditch is definitely worth looking into. I'll get into details about this aspect of the community more in depth in the future, but I really wanted to at least mention it now. Another FAQ is, is there a league or something? How do you play? There are many leagues. I don't even know where to start, you guys. There are local leagues. For instance, we have the Czech Quidditch League starting up in the fall. There is even a Quidditch Premier League. We have the European Quidditch Cup, European Games, and even the World Cup. Most of that got cancelled or postponed because, you know... Corona, but we said we would not talk about that because they will be back and I cannot wait. Oh my god, I cannot wait. It's been so long since I played the game, you guys. I want to cry. I want to cry so bad, but I can't, I can't end this episode like that. I think that the best way to end this episode would be talking about my home team. I have so much love for those guys. Prague Pegasus Quidditch team. God, I love you guys so much. And not because you made me your captain, she said, so that it wouldn't sound like a brag, but it definitely was one. But because you love me so much, no matter what, and because you trust and respect me. Would, would you look at that? This is a decent episode ending, isn't it? I, I better not say anything else that could possibly ruin it. So with that, I am going to say goodbye and I will talk to you guys soon.